Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Okay. We're not doing a cold open, but I just want to make sure the reason that you guys understand the concept, you never understood the concept, which was supposed to be like just a little, when I said peek behind the curtain, it was supposed to be just like a, okay, are you ready? Let's count down. Oh God, wait, let me get up my cup of coffee. It was like the informality before we did the formality of the show. (laughs) Bonnie, this is transparently meant to be part of a cold open. That's not a cold open. It's, it's just <laughs> a lot of people will say to me, do you count down before the show? And then they say, and do you get a coffee? And uh, that's and all they, I hear when I go out in public. OK, yeah. now it's getting too long. It's and then getting they, too long and the, now. And then they out hang control. Oh, my God. You are a control freak. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's supposed to be a peak. Y- yeah. Like Adam says, oh, I can't find my pencil. All right, let's go. Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Adam doesn't use a pencil during the show. You okay, and the wait, I got to get my coffee. Okay, I'm ready to go. That was a peak. <laughs> I've got my scissors. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah, Tony, foreshadowing. Oh, for clap to- corner. Tony's been on a murderous rampage lately. So uh, I'm very proud of you for admitting Whoa. that you had those scissors. That's that's a breakthrough. Good for now you. Okay, is- you're dragging this out now. Okay, wait. But before start- we get going, I just want to say, Tony, good job. <laughs> what oh, is yeah. going on? <laughs> Tony's doing a really good job, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Lots Tony. Lots of people are doing good jobs. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm talking about just here now. Tony, good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Yeah, that was meaningful. All right. (laughs) Wow. Here we go, everybody. Clear clear the deck. Do you have your stamp of approval held high, ready to use it at any moment? That's so great. You're dragging this out. What out? I'm dragging what out? What's not supposed to be a cold opening? (laughs) Yeah. We don't do cold opens. We could have just just not made a little speech. We could have just let me start. Yeah. There's an idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Rain in Spain. Rain in Spain. Now, how about stop saying rain in Spain (laughs) so I can start the show? How's that? That was the cutest start to the show. 
All right, I'm done. Okay, here we go. Oh, and she's sipping her coffee. Where's my pencil? Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. What are you doing? Oh, my God, she's high. I swear she's high. I think I am a Get little a life. Yeah. Okay, okay, life. I'll shut up. Yeah, I think somebody's right. had their medication adjusted. Pencils down, everybody. Stop it. From our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, if you've ever been on a long flight, you may think you know about cabin pressure, but you don't. You know who knows about cabin pressure? The people who have to deal with us. Yes, the brave men and women who travel the world cooped up in a metal tube in the sky with a couple hundred crotchety, perennially dissatisfied passengers. Those people know about cabin pressure. And we've got former flight attendant and instructor David Johnson here to spill all the tiny foil-wrapped packets of beans about what it's like. Plus, love is in the air. Love and the lingering smell of paste. And that can only mean one thing. Join us as our own Tony Anita Hall plays Paper Cupid in an all-new installment of her one true love, Crafting. Yes, it's Tony's Craft Corner, <laughs> Valentine's Edition. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber, this show's air traffic controller, diligently reshuffling every stray thought and wayward premise as I try to bring them all in for a safe, conversational landing. And now, please welcome the woman whose tray table is just fine, but whose mouth is never in the closed and upright position. It's Paula Poundstone! Hey, guys! Who I haven't seen or, or heard or spoken with yet. Hey! And before I go any further, I want to welcome back our house band, wait a minute, Justin Berkobian, on the acoustic guitar, Berkobian. Justin. Justin. Where do I know Justin. that name from? Oh, it's Julie Berkobian's husband. Wait a minute. Yay. Yeah. yeah there's a little nepotism in tonight's house band choice. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Justin. Thank you. Yeah. And, and Julie, thank you for marrying him. You're welcome. Yeah. There, that really worked out well. The long game we were playing to get Justin in the house band by hiring Julie is finally paying off. I started setting this up before we even had a podcast. I mean, I started setting this up like mid-80s maybe. Wow. Yeah. And now look what we've got. Amazing acoustic guitar sounds. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, rarely do you see something you worked on for so long you know, come out this well. This is like the Republicans and the faux religious people that uh, dismantled Roe v. Wade. This is how they yes. feel. They started a long time ago. I feel like they accomplished more than we did. No, I don't think so. No, I don't. No, they accomplished way less than we did. If we're talking about accomplishment being a positive thing, they're just dis destroying lives and and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Adam. Hey, what's new, Paula Poundstone? Well, I'll tell you. I had, you know, I think I told you I had, I had eye surgery 
week and a half ago. I can't really see the calendar. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was, I already had one, I done, I had the other, I done, uh, I had a uh, stent put in to drain, I guess, liquid, I guess, off the back of my or something, eyes yeah. to reduce eye pressure, blah, 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 blah. And they did a couple other things, whatever. It's not like going the hospital surgery. It's outpatient surgery. You go, you sit in a chair, they, you know, whatever. And then. Did you hear a little hiss from behind your eyes as they released the pressure? I did like not. Little... But you don't, you don't remember everything because. Um, oh, okay. Right. You're yeah, in a twilight state. Yeah. A little bit. So as I said, I did, I did my right eye like. A couple months ago, a few months ago, I can't even remember anymore. And it was no big deal at all. I did it on a Tuesday. I was back to work by Friday, if you consider work performing. And, uh, you know, I was doing my chores by Wednesday. So this time I do it on a Friday. And before, I was, there was never, there was no problem at all. So this time it's painful. I, every time I look at it, it's like disgusting. It doesn't look, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't appear to be healing. Um, and I was, you know, of concern. So I, you know, I kept putting off doing. So I happened to have been driving just yesterday, not like right near. And the doctor's office is not nearby. Um, but I happened to right. be driving right near the doctor's office. So I thought, you know, fuck it. I'll just go in. Right. Uh, like I didn't have an appointment. So, I, so they're very kind. I go in. I said, look, I'm concerned. And I don't feel like it's healing. Right. So they send in the lady who does the uh, or in this case, a lady who does the, um, you know, look at the screen and the letters. Right. Yeah. She puts up, you know, what didn't appear to be. Well, didn't it's certainly not tiny letters. They weren't tiny letters. Um, she puts it up and she says, can you read that line? And I might have gotten one letter off of it. And then she does another line. She goes, can you read that line? And I, I really struggle. I go, yes, I, I can't. So then she switches eyes. She goes, OK, can you read that line? And I'm like, you know. That might be an O, but then again, it could be a G or Q. I, I, I don't. So, can you read this other? Li- no, I can't. Right, and normally, I can read all this stuff. Right, normally they do it until it gets too small. But this time, there were no lines that I could read, and so I'm like, uh oh. So the doctor comes in, and I don't know. He looks at my eyes, blah blah blah, and he goes, uh, uh, you're fine. It's great. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that the end of the story? Yeah. So I said, thanks. And I go to my car and I drove away. <laughs> that <laughs> is upsetting on so many levels, wow. especially the getting in your car and driving away thing. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, what's the point of the eye test? If if the answer is I can't see any of it, then wouldn't you think that that would mean there was something wrong? But he's like, no, no. Cause for concern, I would think, yeah. And then today, I swear to God, I felt like a pop. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. God. You're fine. Can you he still not I'm see? Fine. If you can't see, you're fine. Listen, if it's fine with him, it's fine with me. I'm good. Uh, I just thought it was strange, that's all. And I guess the yeah, reason Well, this I'm explains a lot, though, Paula. I mean, like... You know, there's all those uh, viral videos of you. Uh, I guess you thought you were performing for an audience this weekend, and you're just out in the field talking to some muskrats. 
Oh, because they were making the weirdest sound. It was like a chittering. Oh, my gosh. I feel like such an idiot. Well, I guess I'm saying all this by way of saying that when we do the book club again, we're going to need cardboard books. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pokey little puppy it is. Yeah. Tony did send me a cardboard book of uh, Moby Dick. Uh, Very kind. Um, But I... I (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> By the way, I went to a lung guy. He says I'm good. I, I wish I had your doctors. They're so positive. Really what it's all about. You know, if you think you're good, you feel good. You know, uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, go around the horn starting in the Simi Valley tonight where the beautiful, lustrous haired Bonnie Burns awaits an introduction. <laughs> ow, ow. Bonnie, young Bonnie, yes. what is new with you? Yes. So, you know, I was weaning off this drug recently. Clearly. And, okay, so like after about five days or something, I'm just like sitting working in my office and all of a sudden I just get this feeling like I'm going at 100 miles an hour. I'm really foggy. It feels like the room is kind of tipping and... I think maybe I'm having an anxiety attack. So was Paula driving you somewhere? No, yeah. So <laughs> so I grab the dogs and I take them for a walk, but I'm not even walking. I'm just like running really fast. And I think, wait a minute, why is that a solution for what you're describing? Like every time I feel dizzy and blurry, I walk the dogs. What, what better opportunity? <laughs> Paula, okay, you just well, told was... a story where you found out you couldn't see and you thus hopped, in, hopped into a car. <laughs> I was told that I could see. That's the difference. Bonnie okay. had not consulted a medical professional. I'm sure her right. dog said, you're fine. Yeah. No. Okay. So I went walking because I thought, you know, if like I've got this adrenaline, I'll, I'll walk it off. And I'm not going to waste an opportunity to walk the dogs because they're a pain in the ass when they're not walked. So that's going to kill two birds with one stone. Okay. Mm-hmm. She hates birds. So now we're less walking and they try and stop to pee whatever I go. Come on, come on. Because I was like racing and I really feel like I'm going to pass out. And I try calling my daughter and I don't have phone reception. And I think, you know what? I have to stop a car that's coming by and tell them that I think there's something wrong with me and they need to call an ambulance. And then, you know, I thought, okay, I'll just go one more block. And finally I get my daughter and I go, you know, there's something I I, I don't, well, I I thought about calling a girlfriend, but she's such a panic person. I figured she'd come over and make it worse for me. So I finally get my daughter and I go, you know, I have this thing. I think I'm going to pass out, blah, blah, blah. And she said, okay, I can be there in 30 minutes. By the time she came, I wasn't that bad. So I write this doctor that I'm seeing and I say, I had this really bad experience, you know, blah, blah, blah. I explain it to him. I don't hear from him for two days. And I actually thought maybe he didn't get the email. So I called the office and said, you know, did he get the email? Blah, blah, blah. And then the next day I said, just following up on this, I get an email back from him and he said, Stay the course. If you have any more symptoms, contact your MD. Isn't he your MD? No, he's my psychopharmacologist. I'm in the advanced stages of taking medication. I don't just see a regular doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of advanced stages of taking medication. That's the first. I don't think that's really a medical phrase. I think this whole thing has been arranged... Okay, when you open the med bottle, 
Um, are there paw prints on it? Because my guess is the dogs have been doing something to those fucking beds so that they get taken for a walk more oh, frequently. So they get taken for a walk. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of shit yeah. my dog Mo would do, definitely. Wow. Well, Bonnie, stay the course. We're hoping for the best for you. It seems like while you were disoriented, you might have wandered into an upscale salon, however. No. Because your hair is amazing. Thank you. I'm not staying the course. You're not staying the course. I decided not to stay the course because it took him so long to get back. And I thought, why do you go see a psychopharmacologist if it's not that they're so experienced with medication, they can help you? Why would I go to my regular doctor and go, hey, I'm going off this medicine. I have these symptoms. What should I do? So I thought, I, I'm afraid to rely on this guy. And I never made any more changes. And I feel great. Huh. Are you crushing the pills and taking them with canned dog no. food? Because that's how it's, no, my dogs are, I using, do are using peanut butter. How are you doing it? I was at half the dose. I'd reduced by half when I had the attack. And then I just thought, I'm not doing this anymore. It's too scary. I'm just going to stop here. And now I feel great. Bonnie taking her health into her own hands here. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's better than Dr. Feel Faint. I, I don't like the, I, 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 yeah, I don't like this doctor. Give me his name no. and number. I'm going to call okay. him. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I've never met him. It's all online. Yeah. And they said, do you want to see him or not? I thought, I'm going to take not. Good wow. thinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, um, you know, that makes me want to wander back over to, yeah. to the no, Sherman wait, Oaks. Wait, wait. There's a couple more questions to be asked. Does he have an office or do you just see him on Instagram or TikTok? What? <laughs> no, he has an office. Oh, you know what? I don't think he does have an office. Oh, uh, yeah. I, okay. This I, is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think maybe the women that answer the phone are like kind of a bogus thing, like that's his office, but it's not. And then they go They're probably get him in on the India, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> yeah. what? No. I don't know. Uh, is it Dr. Just, Pookie? Is that? Because then that would be yeah, your dog. Dr. Pookie. <laughs> Dr. Pookie. Uh, I love the name Pookie for a stuffed animal when I was little. All right. Well, Aww. we just wandered off there. Hey, Tony, <laughs> <Nicole. laughs> oh yeah, I think I say I'd say you're in exactly the right dosage, Bonnie. And you, and you just say I love the name Pookie for a stuffed animal. I don't think you have to worry about those meds. I, <laughs> I love the name Pookie for a stuffed animal. That's usually. Um, I know you don't actually talk to this doctor. I know it's just all done online. But is there a questionnaire they give you? Like, what name would you like for a stuffed animal? Because uh, <laughs> and that's like they go, okay, well, let's jack up that prescription. Pookie, it's on the phone, so I hear his voice. But so you think? I just felt like a guy like that. Why am I gonna go through something when I don't even trust him anymore? I've been trying to move off this topic for the longest. <laughs> time. I know. I don't. I don't know why we're still talking about this. I feel better. That's good. Good to know. Tony Hall, how you doing? Yes. <laughs> I am still living in a hotel. Wow. I can see that. Tomorrow marks four weeks of hotel mm. living. Did you do your homework? <laughs> I'll bet they're going to throw you a little party, don't you think? I only hope so. They should for how much I've spent at the old Hilton here. 
housekeeping's going to come in and leave a slice of cake with a candle on it on your pillow. That's fantastic. So, so I don't let housekeeping in because you have to remove your animal when housekeeping comes in. And oh. Mr. Totes, when someone knocks, runs behind the bed and I can't catch him and take him out. So um, housekeeping has not been in. I've just been sweeping and dusting and making my own bed. Every day. T- Tony, did you do your homework? <laughs> yeah. You were supposed to go down to the, the Thirsty Vagrant and, and get some the stories. Thirsty Vagrant. Yeah. No, the, it's the, and, lazy, and, the Lazy Lush, isn't it? Wasn't it the Lazy, the lazy lush? lush? You're going to strike up a conversation near the jukebox or pinball machine. What did you What did you get us? I was going to go last night, and then I didn't. You didn't <laughs> fail again. <laughs> I Tony. I did wear my sweatshirt down to breakfast. There. Okay. I feel like we are the nicest teachers <laughs> in the world, and still you defy us. Like your your homework was go have a drink in the bar. <laughs> I just so I I I've just been busy. <laughs> I went to the gym here last night instead of the bar. How was that? It was good. Yeah, the the fire alarm has gone off twice, and that was a disaster. Wow. wow. Um, I Tony, think should we just abandon the idea of you getting us local color? Okay, here's the deal. I'm pretty sure I'm here another week, at least. So. Oh, so will you will you promise to come back and disappoint us next week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always up for disappointing. Okay. I think this is so much better, though, than when you don't do the reading for the book club. (laughs) Of all the things that you refuse to do, this is better. This is good. I've done, I bet I've done like 70% of the reading for book club. I'll bet you haven't. Uh, I bet that's not true. You know, you know, Moby Dick alone is 70% of the reading we've done uh, for book club. Okay, I didn't read. Okay, Moby Dick, I was in and out. I read all of Fight Club. That was a good book. Well, that's um, one of what? the six books we've read. All right, so I, I read all of Twilight. Here it's okay. You did or you knew I, Twilight? Wow. No, I read all of it. We ask so little of you, Tony. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and you know we give you Tony's craft corner. Yeah, which you beg for. I don't think there's one of us that wants to do crafts, but when you get that look on your face and you say, could we please do Tony's Craft Corner, right? What do we do right away? Of course we could, we say Tony. Yes. Anything, <laughs> we say yes. Anything for you. And then we ask if you've you know participated in this way and, and we're a, a little bit uh, disappointed. Yeah. But I, I don't have it in me to disappoint you about, so when you say... Uh, you know, I'd like to do another craft. I'm just, I'm all in. Like, sure, Tony. Um, so. So, Tony, uh, uh, this is the last time I'm going to ask. Next week, so help <laughs> me, you're going to come in with a colorful story about what okay. Boozy Barb wanted to tell you. Okay, done. And I, I wear the sweatshirt. Nobody cares about the sweatshirt anymore, Tony. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. She's an ambassador. Tony, why don't you bring your craft supplies down to the bar? <laughs> A crowd will oh, gather, yeah. right? Yeah. They'll be fascinated by how quickly you can snip with your scissors and, oh, show them your glue stick. Oh, this is going to be so yeah. good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and having crafts on a table is very conducive to pickup lines and stuff. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Adam okay. knows. 
Adam knows. Hey, speaking of history, one thing I want to say is that I made history last week. Not really history, but my band finally played again for the first time since lockdown. Wow. We played a public gig in a parking lot right here in Valley Village, California. Oh, that's great. Yeah. In a parking lot? Yeah, we were grooving. Was it head-in parking only? No, it wasn't like a drive-in <laughs> rock concert, Paula. They, there was a public event. There was a mural company uh, working with the community to paint a mural on the wall of a building. And there was food and entertainment, and we were part of the entertainment. Oh, that's great. What songs did you do, Adam? What songs? I sent you guys a video of us doing In Excess's Don't Change. We did Just What I Needed by The Cars, In the Meantime by Space Hog. Um, in the meantime. The m- no. In the no. meantime. No. You go ahead and no. do that, and in the meantime, I'll do this. Is that, <laughs> is that it? Adam, 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 answer the phone. I, no, Paulo, I'm talking about my, my band. I don't want to answer the phone. Adam, answer that the phone. What I'm, what I'm doing. Adam. Paula. Answer the phone. Do I, I don't want to. Can I, can I just not? Can I take no, a ring? No, answer the phone. Answering? Oh. Um. All right. Hello? Am I the hundredth caller? <laughs> oh, uh, no. Uh, hi, Winnie. You are the seventh caller. Oh, 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 the seventh caller. Oh, my God. Is there any way you could call me when you get to 99? <laughs> no, Winnie, that's not the way the contest works. That <gasps> wouldn't be fair to anybody. Adam, you know it's me. Uh, on this special Valentine's Day episode, you recognized my voice among a sea of callers that call you. You recognize my voice. There aren't that many callers, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, there were scammers. I'll, I'll bet you get a lot of scammers and maybe you get calls from your kids' teachers and, and people fundraising for political candidates, but you knew it was me. Woody Rose um, Feynman, this is yeah. the best Valentine's Day of my entire life. Aww. I just have to be the caller that wins the biographical tour of Adam Felber's life. Let's face it, oh, my God, home God. will be on the tour. After all, I mean, our time together it, has been so formative in making you the beautiful hunk of man that you are. Ooh. Wait, wait, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. No, Ma, I'm not on the phone with Adam Felber. I've got to go. If she knows you called, she'll be beside herself. I didn't call you, Winnie. I didn't you'll, call you. You'll have to call another time. Bye, Adam, my t- love. <laughs> wow. I'm still here. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, happy Valentine's <laughs> Day to you too, Winnie. Uh, it's uh. the happiest... <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you're touched by this. I am. I put a little heart, a Zoom heart. I up. see you put a little heart on your Zoom. Could you take that away? Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, you know, this would be a great moment for us to leave Valentine's Day behind and go to our other personal love, Paula's vocabulary words. For years, I added oh. vocabulary words to a song. <laughs> I was hoping the song would work, like how I taught my kids their sevens. 7, 14, 21, 28, 35, 42, 49, 56, 63, 70. <laughs> That's how I thought the vocabulary song was going to work. Listeners, if you go over to our <laughs> Facebook page, you'll find a beautiful artist rendering of part of Adam, Tony Anita Hall, and Captain Crinkle. 
Have you guys been checking in to see the lifelike accuracy of your portraits, by the way? I have. You're all the way down, uh, you know, to our torsos now. Well, I think you have a torso. I'm not sure the others do. Uh, You must be so anxious to have additional body parts. All right. I'm going to ask each of you the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word. And for each correct answer, this is my new system, for each correct answer, you will receive an additional body part until you have earned for yourself an invaluable portrait. I'm going to start by asking Tony Anita Hull the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word. And to make it fair, I'm asking Bonnie Burns and Adam Felber to take your headphones off until I signal you back on Zoom. Bonnie, I'll signal you with one finger, and Adam, I will single, signal you with two fingers. By the way, I'm moving on from the word odios. Not that I think for a moment that any of us know it. <laughs> <laughs> that was unnecessary. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready, Tony? I'm ready. All right, wait, wait, I've, I've got to unplug. I, I'm going bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, Adam's cheating. Bonnie's, <laughs> Bonnie's fucking high as a kite. <laughs> Uh, I think it's good she's taking meds with no medical supervision. I think that's fantastic. Okay, here we go, Tony. Uh, the word okay. is saga- sagacious. Oh, my gosh. Sagacious. Wouldn't it be great if it meant, oh, my gosh? <laughs> sagacious. I have no idea. So I'm going to say sagacious means to be hermit-like. <laughs> No. (laughs) Now, I'm saying it like, okay, just so you, I wouldn't have known either, even though it was in the song for at least four weeks. Uh, It's an adjective meaning having or showing good judgment. So the story that Bonnie told us about her pharmaceutical treatment shows that she is not sagacious. Sagacious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, Signaling Bonnie back with one finger. There she is. Uh, Bonnie Burns. Ready? Okay. Okay, Bonnie, the word is sagacious. It's a former, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word. It was in the song for at least four weeks. Uh, what part is speech? Uh, I don't think I owe you that, but I'll tell you. <laughs> it's an adjective. Uh, yeah. Um, could you do alacrity? I know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sagacious. Sagacious. So, so, so uh. part of an NBA game where a guy stops and says, could I just hit a golf ball? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Um, nefarious? No, um, uh, sagacious means, it's an adjective, means having or showing good judgment. Yeah, I was a little off. All right, I'm, I'm welcoming uh, Adam Felber. Back to our lovely group. Adam, you ready? I'm back. Yes. All right. Yes, I am ready. Adam Felber. How did everybody do? I need to know how everybody did. Um, really well. They all did really well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So far, Excellent. so far, you're the only one with a torso. So I know you're anxious to get more limbs. Um, yes. All right. So here it is. The word is sagacious. Sagacious. Yeah. I know that one because it sounds like sage. Which means you're Ooh. you're smart, you're wise, you have good judgment. You, you, Very you, nice. You do the right it, thing. Yeah. It's an oh. adjective that means having or showing good judgment. Fantastic. Very good. So the others um, knew that right away. 
good. Yeah. So yeah, they we, we all get body parts? They didn't, well, both Bonnie and Tony have said that they would prefer not to receive a body part this time. <laughs> oh, so they totally <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> oh, you know what, Tony? Tell your troubles to Boozy Barb. <laughs> Down at the Wobbly Wino. All right, well, great. What do I get now, Paula? What, what's my next body part? I can't remember. I have to be looking right at the picture. I was. You keep quiet, Burns. <laughs> this simply means that the body parts that Bonnie and Tony eventually receive, I'll have more time to work on them. So that's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> sagacious. Sagacious. Uh, sagacious. You're a sage. Having good judgment. Having good judgment. Well, you know, Paula Regina Brett once said, "There are few places you can find silence. Air travel could be the last fortress of solitude." which proves Regina Brett has a gift with words and has never had to fly coach to Orlando. We'll explore <laughs> all the skies, friendly and otherwise, when we come back. And now, a news update from the dental chair. China has turned a wound. <laughs> this has been a news update from the dental chair. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quint sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. 
You know, I think Bonnie got the midnight lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it. Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This day in unremarkable history, Ertzi, the caveman they found when the snow melted in the Alps in 1998, said, Fuck, it's cold. <laughs> All right, and we are back. Thank you, house band Justin Berkobian. Oh, my Lord, Woo-hoo. that's good, Justin. You know, there's somebody here on our staff that we want to introduce you to. I think you guys would get along great. All right. Meanwhile, Paula Poundstone, you've been out on the road traveling again, have you not? Adam, I fly a lot. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Many a flight attendant has been there primarily for my safety. And yet I know so little about them. Or the flights. Or the airplanes themselves. It's all a mystery. What's the cocktail napkin for? And why can't I get a flight attendant to give me a can of diet soda without a cocktail napkin. It's a mystery. Why do five other groups board before zone one? <laughs> what does the number one mean? It's a mystery. I wish there was someone I could ask about it, you know? Someone with maybe some professional flight attendant experience, but I don't think I'll ever know anybody like that. I guess not, Paul. I mean, all we've got today is someone who used to be a flight attendant and an instructor. Oh, wait a minute. What? Isn't that just what you were talking about? There's a flight attendant. Oh, my gosh. That is coincidence soaked overnight. Our guest today is a former flight attendant and instructor for U.S. Airways. Please welcome David Johnson. Welcome, David. Hey, David Thank you so much for being here. Let's just jump right in. Okay. Is cross-check your favorite part of the whole goddamn flight? It is for me. Oh, boy. What? Well, I, I don't know that I would say it's my favorite part of the flight. It's a very necessary part of the flight. It's always a good thing when we do get to that part because uh, when the flight attendants get on the PA system and say, flight attendants, prepare your doors for departure and cross-check, what they're actually doing all of the flight attendants on board that are assigned certain exit doors 
during that procedure are making sure that the emergency doors are armed, meaning the evacuation slides are connected and ready to deploy should there be an emergency. That's what cross-check is? Exactly. Huh. Cross-check. Oh, I love it when they say cross-check. Um, David, okay, first of all, so you worked <laughs> for U.S. Air, is that right? US- That's right. And then uh, did you leave after they got swallowed up by American? Well, I left quite a few years before that happened. I left shortly after the events of September 11th. I actually quit two years after that. The airline kept coming at us saying, oh, because of September 11th, you know, we have to cut your pay. We have to do this. We have to make you work harder. They did that about three times over the course of two years. Yeah, it was horrible. And... Basically, by year 15, I would have been making not too much more money than I was as a new hire. And so I was like, you know what, I just, it's its not worth it anymore. So I, I left. You weren't doing it as a hobby, for heaven's sakes. No. <laughs> I'll tell you something, David. They put all that money towards improving the passenger experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they did not. They did not. <laughs> so, David, as a, so how long did you work for the airlines? And, and what did you do? Well, I was uh, with them for five years, and I started off as a flight attendant. And then after uh, about a year and a half, I was invited to be part of the training department. So I did that for a couple years. And then my last year, I transferred into doing nothing but transatlantic flights. When you're an international flight attendant, they don't let you do domestic flights. You're strictly one or the other. Why? Why? You know, I'm not sure. Probably because the transatlantic flight schedules are so much different. Your flights are a lot longer. You're not doing as many flights per day, and you get longer overnights. It's it's, it's a, a scheduling thing. Now, is there a reason why you chose international flights to be your, your, your uh, main thing? Well, it was only my main thing for the last year. And the reason I did that was because uh, I had done, I had been to Albany and Schenectady and San Diego about 100,000 times, and I had never been overseas. So there's only, you know, so many nights you can spend in Albany. So I wanted to see Europe. So I did that the last year. Was it because of Madeline, the book? You wanted uh, that, well. that made you interested in Europe, Madeline. Um, all right. What, as a result of having been a flight attendant and a trainer, by the way, how long is the training? The training, believe it or not, was actually about six weeks. And that even shocked me because I was like, how in the world can that be enough time to learn all of the things? Yeah. Yeah. When I became an instructor, we actually had a lot of ex-military personnel become flight attendants. And every single one of them said to me that flight attendant training was far worse and far more challenging than any boot camp ever was. You're given two or three tests almost every single day. You get about two or three hours of sleep a night, or at least I did, for six weeks, and you just, you do not stop. It was unbelievably intense. And do they get screamed at, like a drill instructor? (laughs) Did you have to do push-ups? Well, there was some physical activity involved, yes, and some, you know, medical training as well. I don't think I ever got yelled at, but it was... Very, very intense from a, a learning, reading, education standpoint. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing there's a ton of stuff that you learned in that training that passengers never see or, or, or didn't know you do. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Anytime you're on a flight, you know, you're only seeing 
maybe about five to ten percent of what the flight attendants are actually trained to do. And you're not seeing all of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we're doing to prepare the plane, you know, to receive the passengers. You know what I never understood, still don't? What's that? Um, you know, they have that catering service or whatever it is that comes up to the side of the plane and they bring in the, you know, the handful of meals now because they don't serve everybody, but the handful of meals and the beverages. Right. Um, and there's always the sound of a flight attendant breaking up a large block of ice. Yes. And I just feel like, you know, with all of the innovations, is it not possible that someone <laughs> on the ground that's part of the catering service could break up the ice? I, I agree completely. I think they do that just to keep it a little bit more sterile. You know, if they're outside, you know, in bad weather and, and throwing the ice, you know, on the floor of their truck, I don't think that would look good uh, to the passengers. Well, maybe there's a better way they could. Surely there's some sort of machine or something. Yeah, I don't know. There's just got to be something that they could chop the ice in a more uh, efficient way. Um, all right. So, David, what do you do differently than a regular passenger when you fly because of what you know already from being a flight attendant? Oh, boy. There's there's a lot. You learn to be a lot more situationally aware. You know, so many passengers, especially the frequent flyers, you know, don't really pay attention. You know, every aircraft is different. Uh, I'm always paying attention to where I'm seated, for example. Um, statistically speaking, the safest part of the aircraft is in the rear of the aircraft in a middle seat. So I always try to pick one of those seats. I still review the safety instruction cards, even if it's, you know, a plane that I've flown for years. I always, always, always locate the two closest exits to where I'm seated, and I count the number of seat backs between where I'm seated and those two exits, because time is of the essence. If something happens, you're not necessarily going to be able to count on your eyes helping you escape an aircraft if the cabin is filled with smoke. You are just a flight attendant's pet. That's what you are. <laughs> oh, look at the you're taking out the the emergency exit, the the, the the plan and looking at it. I never see anybody do that. Right. Well, I, I still do. Still do. You're also a fellow passenger's dream because if I have a seat that I don't like, the idea that there's somebody who wants the loudest part of the plane in a middle seat, you know, you're welcome to it. Right. I'll tell you something. I would rather go down in the plane than sit in the middle seat. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, some might think of this as a silly question. I don't. There was a book called Coffee Tear Me that was out in like maybe the late 60s, early 70s, you know, right around uh, Love American style kind of. Um, but it was about, <laughs> it was written by a flight attendant. It was, uh, there might have even been a series of them. Uh, anyways, there was a belief years ago, I, I think it came from that book, that if you flushed the airplane toilet while seated, that you'd actually get stuck to the seat. Is that true or false? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because what? a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people think about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's time that we dispel uh, one of those one of those huge myths. If you look closely at the uh, lavatory seat, you will see that the toilet seat lid 
actually has a big air gap underneath, and it was designed that way specifically so that if somebody does inadvertently flush, you're not going to probably get sucked down inside. Now, if you tried that experiment with the toilet seat up, you'd have to form a really good tight seal. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then you but if get, you did... You might get some soft tissue suck. damage. <laughs> so it really does flush kind of like right on out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you're not, it's, it's probably, no, it's not going to happen. I, I don't recommend trying it, but uh, it's, it was well thought out and designed. So if I return to my seat, by the way, I almost never use a bathroom on a plane, but if I were to return to my seat and say to my passenger, I my, my fellow passenger, I think I may have sustained some soft tissue damage. Right. Uh, that could just kind of freak them out. I like it. Right. Um, How often do you see a passenger who actually like build themselves a little tent um, in their seat, like kind of cover up, <laughs> cover up with a blanket and, and, and their coat and just basically construct a cave uh, next to the window. Does that happen a lot? It does happen. You know, you probably see that maybe twice a month. Twice a month. <laughs> Adam's, Adam's subtly trying to mock me. I, as you can see, David, I wear a baseball cap um, pretty much all, all, all the time, except for on stage or in the shower. And after all these years of flying, I finally figured out I bring my own blanket now and mm -hmm. I throw it over my head. And w because of the brim of my hat, it makes for like a little cave in there, a little pub right. tent. I right. can eat in there. I can read in there. And more, <laughs> most importantly, I can sleep in there without people seeing my mouth mawing open, you know, right. my head lolling to the side. It just gives me a little bit of uh, privacy. And now we're there. If I have sustained any kind of soft tissue damage, I can moan <laughs> quietly to myself. Um, I was wondering if there was anything else that you did differently than a regular passenger when you fly because of what you know from being a flight attendant. Like, is there anything you won't eat or touch or that sort of thing? No, I, I actually liked airplane food back when we used to serve it. I actually, you know, as, as a flight attendant, you, uh, with the schedule, you don't typically get much, if any time during the day to actually eat. So anytime there was leftover food, you know, the flight crew usually got pretty excited. But uh, in terms <laughs> of eating or not eating anything, I can't think of anything. Oh, I read this kind of amazing study a couple of years ago, and it might be complete bullshit, but it was that the reason people don't love airline food is because something about the engine noise literally dulls your taste buds, and that's why a lot of people order tomato juice on planes and stuff for the extra flavor. Did you notice anything like that, or...? Oh boy, no! I, in fact, I had never heard that before. It's uh, everybody was typically always very hungry. The only okay. complaints we would get typically about the food was, you know, that we didn't have seven or eight entrees to choose from, and yeah. that the food was dry. <laughs> yeah, whiners. Well, you know, um, uh, Tom Conton once said, "When the plane is delayed, it's not the fault of the girl at the desk." Well, of course not, Tom. Everybody knows that. Anything that goes wrong is the fault of the flight attendant, right, Dave? Well, that's that's true. That's a lot of people do think that, you know, flight attendants have complete control over ground delays, over weather, over mechanical problems. And you do. We'll get into more of the vast conspiracy of flight attendants with David Johnson when we come back.
cat of the week is Megatron from Ashburn, Virginia. Congratulations, Megatron. My HBO special, Cats, Cops, and Stuff, is out as an album. It's a delightful recording of me and an audience. I don't want to give away what I say on it, but I can tell you what the audience says. They say, <laughs> you're going to love it. You are. Stream Cats, Cops, and Stuff wherever you listen to albums. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Learning to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is, you were right the first time. Taking the fifth makes you look guilty. And taking it over 400 times... <laughs> and we're back with David Johnson. Paula. David, do planes ever get cleaned for real? Well, <laughs> yes, they do actually. Um, in between flights, you know, they will do as much as they can, uh, you know, a minor cleaning because there is such a quick turnaround time between flights. Now, Every evening after the aircraft is basically put away, they'll come in and, and vacuum. Once monthly, they do a really deep, deep cleaning, you know, where they actually scrub, you know, like the inside of the overhead bins. And then, of course, between flights, they're, they're disinfecting and sanitizing the typical touch surfaces. You haven't worked as a flight attendant, I guess, during the COVID period of our lives no. Uh, so there's something that's changed. In fact, sometimes, actually, I don't hear them chopping the ice uh, when instead they're standing at the front of the plane handing out moist towelettes, which drives me crazy because Trump knew a long time ago, but eventually we found out that COVID is airborne, 
It's not surface transmitted. Not that there aren't other things that could be surface transmitted, but it's not surface transmitted. But that was the original justification for standing there handing out those uh, moist towelettes, like they were helping us protect ourselves. But now that we know that's not, you know, you don't need to do that to avoid COVID. (laughs) Now it turns out they're just having us clean the plane. (laughs) I really object to that. (laughs) Plus, it's such a waste, the little foil pouches, foil slash plastic pouches that they come in it just feels like more trash right is there a question there paula yes i feel that they should go back to however they used to do it in the old days did they wipe things off absolutely absolutely well then they should do that and and stop cluttering things up by asking passengers to clean with their moist toilets um see david you you've left this far behind and you're still getting complaints from passengers yes well, and, and mine have built up over time because I don't actually talk to the flight attendants on my planes, most, mostly on my flights, because I fall asleep right away in my Oof. little cubby. All right, David, I, I alluded to this earlier, but it is something that concerns me. Cocktail napkins are not big enough to clean up a spilled beverage. Why do they insist on giving a cocktail napkin <laughs> with every drink they serve on a plane? They're They're useless. Imagine how much the airlines could shave without them. No, I agree. I agree. I think it's it's probably for a couple reasons. Um, I assume because the presentation just looks better. It also, I think, keeps the cup from sliding on the tray table a little bit, oh. and oh. also it's you can use it to you know wipe your face after you know if you dribble. <laughs> Um, or wipe your fingertips, you know, after having uh, peanuts or, or pretzels. Yeah, you don't have to go right to spill, Paula. There's other little things that one might use a napkin for. No, it's a, and they don't really, they don't work as like a trivet. They don't hold, uh, no, things slide right off from the same way they slide. And if you're talking about presentation, if the airlines really care about presentation, then how about you give us a seat where... My chin doesn't hit the seat back of the guy in front of me. There's presentation for you right there. Every it time might I, not be in David's purview, even when he was a flight attendant and instructor. No, I, I'm, I'm just saying that if that's their excuse for wasting paper and money on on cocktail napkins, it's not well placed. Every time I get on a on another plane, I am amazed that they have actually moved the row in front of you a little bit closer <laughs> to you. I, it's just like, yeah. who? There's got to be people who simply can't fit in here. Right. You, you, right. you know, I mean, I'm pretty facile. I can climb over things. I can, But there's just got to be a point at which, uh, you know, we're just... Uh, only animated characters could get into the only um <laughs> who's the boy oh i can't remember the name of the who's the adam you'll who's the kid who they flew like a kite flat stanley flat stanley will be flat the stanley only possible passenger um now this actually is probably <laughs> after your time as well um but maybe you still notified the passengers have gotten unruly Yes. Right. Yes. You know, y'all. Uh, I'd say every what? What do you think? Every every two months, we hear a story about somebody <sighs> being taped to their seat, and they didn't used to do that, did they? When you, you must have seen worked? a little of that, right, David? Oh, sure, absolutely. I, I think it is. It's safe to say it has definitely gotten a lot worse as everything is so polarizing nowadays, and everybody seems a lot more 
entitled and a lot more angry about God knows what. I don't think that's true, David. I think it's the fucking Republicans on the other side of the plane. Those are the polarized ones. Those are the angry <laughs> ones. Okay, well done. Well played. Uh, David, pretend that you were, you're still uh, talking. Okay. <laughs> what else? Um, you mentioned duct tape, and, and I've seen some recent reports of, of flight attendants having to use duct tape, and I, I'm a little bit curious because back when I flew, we weren't allowed to have duct tape. We had these plastic industrial strength zip ties that were called oh, tough, yeah. tough cuffs. Sure. And, um, Whoa. But then, we know them from the insurrection, of course. Right. And they had and to be... From some bad dates I've had. <laughs> <laughs> but those actually had to be cut off. And now um, I think what they might... Some airlines may be using duct tape because I guess if there is an emergency, you have to be able to get that person free relatively easily and quickly and potentially without tools. Whereas the plastic tough cuffs that we had, you know, those had to be cut off with something pretty substantial. Did you ever use them? Um, once. Tell us. And when you used them, was it just to sort of handcuff the person or did you handcuff them to something? It was a flight. I'll never forget it. It was in the dead of summer, and it was a flight from, it was, I think it was New York City, and it was down to Orlando. And we had a gentleman who, even when he boarded the plane, was just absolutely miserable, and he was just hooting and hollering. You know, he was saying rude things about the passengers. They weren't going down the aisle fast enough so he could get to his seat, and then he didn't like anything we served, drink or food-wise, and then he... I think he might have had some alcohol, you know, before he got on the plane. No. Yep. Yep. I think that's probably what happened. And what people don't realize is when you've had alcohol and then you get on a plane, you know, you go up to altitude, the aircraft is pressurized to about 8,000 feet above sea level, even though you're, say, at 35,000 feet. So alcohol usually has a much stronger effect on people. Um, with the, the decreased oxygen so content. It doesn't get better as you get higher. No, it gets worse and it gets more dangerous. And um, this guy, for whatever reason, just completely flipped out and he started walking around and hitting people oh. acro- across the face. Oh and so, you know, got out the tough cuffs and uh, actually tied him, restrained him to his, to his seat. How and many of you did it take to do it? Uh, there were actually just two of us, two of us that did that. I mean, we had a couple passengers who, thank goodness, jumped up and, you know, kind of stood right next to us just in case, you know, we needed some help. And that's, that's one thing I will say that, you know, when I've had serious situations like that, you can typically always count on some passengers being there to help if needed. Well, of course they're there. They're stuck on the plane. <laughs> no, he means like crazy. <laughs> I mean, if you did any kind of a decent cross check, they can't get the fuck off there. That's right. <laughs> so wait, when you say you you use the tough cuffs, um, which just sounds like such a silly uh, thing, um, uh, but uh, even you, worse if t- they're spelled with a T U F F rather than yeah. O U G H. Are they? That's t- right. Yes. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was T U F F C U F F. Yeah, tough cuff for for guys who aren't wearing their big boy pants. So how do you use those to fasten somebody to their seat? I don't get that. How does that work? 
Well, they, they, it's hard to describe how they're shaped and what they look like, um, mm-hmm. but they're basically uh, just like giant, thicker zip ties. But yeah. They're, but they're connected. And basically, you know, you would just attach them around an armrest. Uh, okay, so you connected them to the armrest. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. All yeah, right. That's smart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you connect them to the tray table, <laughs> it, it keeps pulling them out of the chair every time you put it up. So I think you went with the more compassionate approach. Right. Um, I agree. Is there a training in that? Do you do like role playing in the training where somebody pretends to be an unruly passenger and you have to and start smacking people in the mouth? You have well, to fasten them to their chair. <laughs> we did have to do things like that. Uh, I think the coolest thing was we had these simulators, which were, you know, maybe three quarters of an actual aircraft interior. And the instructors were hidden out of view. And they could actually simulate any type of an emergency. So they could they could activate these artificial flames outside some of the windows or some of the exit wow. doors. Wow. They could fill the cabin with smoke. Wow. Um, they could electronically lock some of the exit doors or windows to test the flight attendant. What would you do uh-huh. after a crash if, okay, you're at an exit door, but it's unusable. So you have to immediately redirect all the people that are running towards you. It mm-hmm. was, that was, that was incredible. That was probably the greatest experience in training was, was getting to deal with random scenarios that you had absolutely no idea what was going to happen, what was going to work, and what wasn't going to work. If you had that kind of a setup where they could experience these emergencies and sort of test stuff out, it seems to me that they could have not given out cocktail napkins and just see how it would have worked. Just see that it would have just been flights as usual with less expense and less paper waste. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Well, I think we probably would have been, you know, hearing the flight attendant call bell a lot more often if we didn't supply oh, no. napkins because people really? are oh people would ring their bells for anything you name it of course you know, they would drop their books and they can't reach it um you know spilled stuff all over themselves you know can you comb my hair i've got you know this side of my hair i was no. lying up against the what's the yep against the window can you help fix my hair can you shine my shoes Shine um, your shoes. Can you read to my daughter? You can't even begin to imagine some of the requests that you would get from people. I think I'm going to push the call button, and when the flight attendant comes over, I'm just going to go, I am just so sick of everything. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, Did you ever have to do a marriage proposal or something? How many oh. romantic comedy situations play out on the plane? Like somebody running onto the plane and announcing they love somebody, somebody having you do the proposal. How often uh-huh. do, do, do the rom-com stuff happen? Oh, boy. Uh, to me, I've maybe only dealt with that maybe maybe once a year, you know, where somebody would come on and, and say, you know, my, my uh, girlfriend, you know, she's seating, you know, back in 22F, and uh, I'm going to ask her to marry me. Can you make an announcement you know, this, that, and the other. And so that was, that was always pretty interesting when we would have pleasant, fun, interesting um, events. <laughs> Which was the exception. Yeah, well, yeah. Pe- people just want their lives put out in front of everybody sometimes, like on Twitter or yes. something. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people do like to make announcements. I have no idea why. It doesn't, never makes much sense to me. 
Okay, the passengers are mean sometimes, but how does the airline treat you? Oh, well, you know, there were some good things. There were some really bad things. Um, at least when I was working, you know, if a passenger wrote in a complaint that was plainly unbelievable or just impossible, we would still get called into our supervisor's office, have to sit there, you know, get written up for it. You know, sure, uh. they would put in our file what our response was, but the passenger was always right. And that was not really the case. And, you know, the, the work hours, I think, was the thing that, that killed me because everybody thinks that being a flight attendant is such a glamorous job. And, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it probably was to a degree. But yeah. the way they try to do back-to-back flights, I mean, especially when you're a new hire, until you've got quite a bit, years and years of seniority, you usually get the really kind of sucky trips where you'll get a three or a four day trip and you've got say four or five flights a day so your day starts starts at 5 a.m you're boarding passengers at 6 30 you're up and down up and down up and down and then you may not get back you know to your hotel until 10 30 at night there's no place to eat nothing is open that late a lot of times in the smaller cities you're up at 5 a.m and you've got to start the entire process all over again not to mention with the scheduling we would always call them productivity breaks because you know you'll have a 13 14 hour duty day that's going to be filled with five flights but they're all short flights but in between two or three of the flights you have to sit at a particular airport and wait three or four hours for your next 30 30 minute flight how do you not end up being the one who gets tough cuffed at the end of that? Seriously, it's it's it was it's very difficult. The job is not at all. I mean, as wonderful as parts of it are, a lot of people have no idea just how difficult. And I mean, you you give up a lot in your own life to live that life. Okay, but flight attendants had wheelie bags before a lot of us. Right. That true is enough. True. So, That's the counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there are perks. Hey, David, I have a question. Yeah. Molly has a question. Do they fine you if you're, say, like your uniform's dirty or something, per, your hair needs a haircut or something like that? Well, the, the thing is, I mean, U.S. Airways you know, before it was absorbed into American, was actually one of the most strict and regimented. I mean, everything we said, like for the safety instructions, um, had to be verbatim or we could get written up, you know, if a supervisor or an employee, you know, ratted us out. None of this loosey-goosey Southwest stuff. Right. Yeah, we weren't allowed to have fun. It was all very, very serious. They wouldn't find you, but there were... There were a lot of write-ups, and of course, after X amount of write-ups, they could dismiss you. But I think the the craziest thing that kind of gave me a bad taste from the beginning was I graduated number one in my class. I had a 99.9% GPA, and the day before graduation, one of the instructors pulled me aside and said something like, we're going to have to demerit you. And I said, why? And she goes, your hair is too shiny. I had too much gel in my hair. Jeez. Oh. It was it was just like this was too much at that time. Oh, yeah. David, we meant to tell you that here at Nobody Listens to Paul Poundstone, you're going to receive a demerit for that. We are going to send you a little <laughs> write-up. I hope that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. It'll count against you for your next time. It's all good. I think good. U.S. Air 
was the first airline, unless it was America West. I think it was U.S. Air was the first airline to have a woman uh, pilot. Oh. Well, my aunt was actually the first female captain for U.S. Air. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, my, yeah. Whole, my whole family is and was aviation. So that's, that's kind wow. of how I, I knew about it before I got into it. That's before you actually put the tough cuffs on somebody. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> David, that was excellent. And now we're going to take all of that amazingly good information and run it through a airborne vehicle we call the old Poundstonator. Paula? House band Justin Bercobian on the acoustic guitar. Hmm. That name sounds so familiar. Anyway, thank you so much for providing the secret sauce for episode 240. You sound spectacular. If I could ask you for a little background music on that acoustic guitar, I'll tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. Flight attendant and trainer, David Johnson, thank you so much for demystifying so many of the mysteries of flight attendants. This was really informative. I, I have to confess, I stopped listening to flight attendants years ago, partly because I didn't understand half of what they said. Now I'll be listening carefully with a whole new understanding. Welcome aboard this flight from Los Angeles to Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you for choosing American Airlines which you kind of had to because it ate up U.S. Air and many others. I know many of you have connecting flights from Charlotte, North Carolina to Boise, Idaho, which may seem out of your way, but on American Airlines, we go to Charlotte no matter what. We ask that you keep your complaints to a minimum, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not fixing your hair. I'd like everyone, not just David, to remove the safety instructions from the seat back in front of you, just there beneath your chin, and follow along while I go over the procedures. David, thank you for taking the middle seat in the back. It seems uncomfortable now, but when we crash, everyone is going to wish they were sitting where you were sitting. And thank you for the candy. Should the cabin lose pressure, an oxygen mask will drop down automatically from the ceiling. And should you get out of control, a flight attendant with tough cuffs will drop down from the ceiling. David, do you want to point out the emergency exits? Thank you, David. What's that you say? I look especially nice today. Thank you, David. It's just the uniform I wear on all my flights, but aren't you sweet? We are here for your comfort, but primarily for your safety. We are trained to do stuff you can't imagine. Remember the movie The Fugitive when the guy dives over the waterfall? Every flight attendant on this plane can do that while holding a stack of cocktail napkins, and the cocktail napkins won't get a drop of water on them. Stand by for cross-check, and don't ask me what all call is. <laughs> a former U.S. Airways instructor and flight attendant, David Johnson. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you being here. This was very informative. I think I'm going to approach my flights differently now. Excellent. You're going to wear your blanket backwards over your face? No. Just before I throw the blanket over my head, I got to push the button. <laughs> and when the flight attendant comes... <laughs> I'm going to say, can you help me get this over my head? <laughs> there you go. 
And just before it goes over my head, I'm going to say, you poor thing. That's it. That's what I'm going to Well, that do. makes it all better. Coming up, love takes work. Love takes care. Love takes craft. Just ask Tony Anita Hull. We go from aircrafts to paper crafts on Tony's Craft Corner, Valentine's Edition. That's next. Oh, look how excited she is. She's like a kid on Christmas morning. Fun fact, almonds are a member of the peach family, and they still haven't figured out they were adopted. <laughs> and we're back. Justin Bercobian. That yeah. sounds great. House band extraordinaire Justin Bercobian. Hey, Paula Poundstone. Hey. <laughs> Adam I want to ask you since we've been talking Adam. travel before we get to love I want to ask you yeah. about your travel lately I have so much to look forward to Adam I, I, I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie, New York at the Bardavon 1869 Opera House on Saturday, February 25th and, as if that's not enough, Englewood, New Jersey at the Bergen Performance Center on Friday, March 7th I hope some nobodies are going to be there. Oh, by the way, tickets can be had. <laughs> I was about to ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just hoping people would show up and mill around the front of the building. So, Paula Poundstone, how can I get tickets to see you? Tickets can be had at paulapoundstone.com. Click on the tour tab for the yeah. for the savvy. Click on the tour tab and it'll take you to my schedule. Get you there. You can go see Paula Poundstone, though, as we learned earlier, she might not see you. All right, now it's uh, time <laughs> oh, for that for was one, so one. I'm, making, I'm making fun of her because she can't I'll, see. Come I'll on. See everyone. Are you kidding me? Hey everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Oh, I'm so excited about Valentine's Day. Oh, I love you all you. in your own special way. I've I've warm and fuzzy feelings for you. So much so that I'm willing to go through another craft corner. <laughs> Paula and I have been just plagued with postcards, yeah. emails, <laughs> yeah. um, texts, and it's yeah. not from all our fans. It's from Tony Anita Hull, who's Did, been just oh, on no, us. It's, that's not true. She actually sent me a singing telegram asking... If we could do another craft corner. Not only did she Not send true. me a, a singing telegram, it was her in a mustache and fedora <laughs> singing on my oh, doorstep. Oh, that was her? Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I don't see that well. She oh. is so into the crafting, I got to tell you. Yeah. And, and yeah. now she found an occasion that we couldn't turn her down for because it's Valentine's Day. Wouldn't it be fun to make something wonderful? for the person you love or people you love. With that, it's time for Tony's Craft Corner. Yay! Yay. I think Ben Franklin should do a theme song. What? <laughs> well, he's been hanging around. Let's go, Ben. Come on, right off the top the, of your the head. Ghost of, if the ghost of Ben Franklin is around here somewhere. I see him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. How can I help you? 
Come on. We need a theme song for Craft Corner, Tony's Craft Corner. Oh, Craft Corner. I invented many a craft in my time. Yes, you did. I'm very excited to see what this is. Oh, a theme song. Oh, uh, all right. I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> okay. <so> mm. Creepy. <laughs> Who amongst us does not love crafts? To the fore and to the aft. Everyone here. <laughs> it's funaroni. It is time for crafts with Tony. Yes. Whoa, that wow. was great. Wow. Wow. All right. So what are you making, Tony? <laughs> We're going to make an origami heart bookmark. Oh, you're kidding. I've got to go toodles. Okay. Wow. Wow. Ben Franklin was not into that, I guess. All right. Critic. Well, I am Tony. What are we? Well, he probably remembers when he was fat shamed the last time he he was was with us. Fat shamed. I'm still upset about it, but it's okay. Well, apparently so is he. (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, a heart shaped bookmark. So heart uh, origami heart shaped bookmark. It's gonna be. Something really cute that fits on the corner of your page. So what you nice. need to start yeah. is out of space. <laughs> <laughs> this seems super non-elaborate. Okay, like, so it is. It seems it, one step is, up from like making a strip of paper and put, drawing a heart on it. Yeah, this on. is this is undoubtedly the easiest craft we will have done to date. So what you need so is about an hour. Allot yourself an hour of listening time. <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I fell a little behind on some of the others. <laughs> Bonnie has already set her room on fire, so that's a start. <laughs> so uh, what you need is a piece of paper, preferably an uh, origami paper that's already squared, a pair of scissors, <laughs> um, and something to to write with. And, and you can also have things to decorate with, markers, stickers, Brands, stuff like that. So, sure. um, we're going to start with your piece of paper. If you don't have a square piece of paper, I'm going to te- remind you how to square it off. So, you're going to take one of the corners, pull it up, and make it flush with the other end of the paper. <laughs> I never know how to explain this. Oh, I hate having to do that. So, you, you make have it like to, a You have to square off the paper. Take the corner. Bring up one of the sides to be flush Gosh, with the opposite, the other side to make a triangling. Bonnie, no, that looks Bonnie, awful. that's no. <laughs> it needs to be more like it? this. There should be like a little strip of paper hanging up at the top, and you have a, a triangle that you're basically going to cut out. I said but I didn't like doing. For this. our listeners who don't have a yeah. visual, you can Google. Probably how to square off a piece of paper. Yeah, I'm sure. Tony, Tony, should we give them your craft YouTube channel, Tony? No, I don't have a YouTube craft channel. (laughs) She does. She does. Yeah, you're going to be up all night long. So many crafts. You know, there's a whole thing about make your own bric-a-brac. She is amazing. yeah. She's the bric-a-brac queen. All right, so we have a, a, a triangle. So you should have a triangle once you, and a perfect square when you're done. Does everyone have a perfect square now? But it has a flap, right? No, oh, did you wait. cut, wait, cut, wait, the, flap, cut, it, cut the flap off? <laughs> cut the flap, cut that extra strip off. Cut the top, the extra strip off. Cut the extra strip off. The flappy thing. 
No, that cut the, we've done this like a yes, hundred times. Yes, cut the floppy thing off. <laughs> yeah. Is it that this thing? This is also... Cut, yes, it's that thing! Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the audio I on this is it. very similar to Tony's surgery YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cut, cut the flap off. Cut I wish I had a, a blackhead extraction channel. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it's a that's triangle why. now? So now you have a, a beautiful triangle. So you're oh. actually going to keep it in the triangle shape. For those of you who had a square piece of paper, you're going to fold one corner up to the opposite corner and make a triangle. Oh. Okay, so now you've got the point up. you got the point up. And the long yeah. part down. Yeah, so now you're going to take one corner of the triangle and fold it up so it meets the top corner of the triangle. So, and then you're gonna do the other triangle. So you're gonna make a diamond shape or like a little kite shape. Or a square, isn't it? Or a square. So now you're gonna fold those flaps back down. Fold the flaps back down. So go back, so back, go back into your triangle shape. Now what you're gonna do is you're gonna take just one half of the top point and bring it down to meet the middle of the long part of the oh, way. Okay. I don't know either. Okay. Even yeah. I got that. She's. Wow. I think that she's talking out of her ass now. She just taught. We're almost done. Point. If you can believe oh. it. So. Oh my I, I gosh. Can, I can because I'm very suspicious of this particular project. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can't um, because it looks nothing like a heart. Well, okay, we're, it, it it's down. not supposed to look like a heart. So, so you're gonna <laughs> fold it down like this. So it's now. It's never gonna look like a heart. Okay, like this. We're doing a little bit of cutting to make the heart shape, not folding. So it's a little bit of a cheat. Oh, um, wait a minute. We're going to be thrown right out of the hole. This is going to create an international (laughs) incident with Japan. Yeah. This was what happened just before they bombed Pearl Harbor. People think that it was unprovoked, but uh, Americans had been doing origami with uh, scissors, and the Japanese just freaked out over it. I know. But I I wanted to... I know my craft history. I've heard complaints about the length of craft corners, so I wanted to see from who? Not from me. (laughs) Not from me. Ah. So now you're gonna fold your little flappies back up. Now you fold the flappies back up. So you're to where they were before. That thing. Okay. Okay. So fold now is this is the hardest move in the whole jig. Yes. Okay. So now you're gonna put your your heel. Over the top of your neck. This is the hardest. (laughs) Yeah, this is the hardest move in the whole thing. So now you're going to take your... Ah! Oh. I got it. Paula, nobody asked you to do that. No one told you to do that. Oh, I can't get it off now. I can't get it off. It's like I've got a tough cuff on. Okay, go ahead. Can you finish? (laughs) I hope you can finish the craft. So. Oh, I hope so. So now you're going to take... The pointies that you folded up, and you're going to fold them into the little pocket that you have now formed. All the way in as far as they go? All the way in. Try to make it as tight as possible onto that fold you've made. Wait, I'm lost. I know the fold. Was I supposed to be that for a square? I was, right? I don't know. I don't know what happened to yours. Isn't that a square? No, I don't know what you did. <laughs> okay, just keep going. <laughs> Mine looks like a little pocket, like a little pouch. So you should have a little pocket. Oh, there. Yeah. I got a little pocket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> since we're doing a craft for Valentine's, I just want to tell you this little fact. Queen Victoria uh, uh, and Prince Albert, after Prince Albert died, 
She wore black for 40 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's just something to keep in mind there. Boy. Uh, and I guess he left in a can in a hurry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's next? Okay, so now you're going to take your writing utensil. You're writing. Uh, she said writing. And utensil writing. So you can, I mean, you can, you can eye this too, um, but you're going to draw two little humps that'll become the top of the heart. So where do you draw the humps? You're going to, I want you to know that when you hold up your craft, you're holding it off camera. (laughs) I'm trying. Yeah. (laughs) So here, I'm (laughs) I'm You're much better on your YouTube channel. I'm trying. So see how I drew, like two little mountain shapes. Looks uh-huh. like a buttocks, yeah. Like a little booty. Yeah. yeah. Um, so draw that. Um, yeah. And, and you know, you can really you can really bring that down the side, too. It's going to be okay. on the side where the pocket is. Above the pocket? Above the pocket, make the middle. It's going to be like the top of a heart. So let me know when you have this drawn. Bonnie just yeah, looks like <laughs> something terrible is happening there. I, I want to know. F- I'm... Bonnie is the face of craft despair right now. (laughs) Bonnie, why are you boiling something? That's not part of (laughs) it. I think you're doing it wrong. I do. She's repelling, too. Let me know when everyone has their humps drawn. I got my humps. My humps. (laughs) My lovely lady lumps. Your little lumps, bumps, mounds, whatever you want to call them. Boom. Wow. None, none not, of those sound better than the other. That's not, that's not like you, Tony, to to speak so suggestively. That not is not like you at all. Oh, you were lumps, okay. bumps, So mounds, now you're going to cut. Jugs, cut memories. Out. Okay, okay. You know how you are. Okay. You, know how you, you know how you get. God, yeah, just, remember last week when you couldn't stop talking about my particular. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't talk them. You kept talking about them. Roll the tape back. I think you'll see. Tony was very inappropriate. There's something about doing crafts that just arouses her. Oh my god! She's she's completely flushed right now. My brother listens to this podcast. Not anymore. Sometimes. Anyway. I bet he tunes out for Craft Corner because that gets a little bit sweaty. So now you're going to cut out your little mountains. To make the top of a heart. Or they look like little top of lips, too, I like to say. Oh, see how she says I like to say? That's yeah. just... How many times have you um, instructed on this one craft? I mean, this is probably, you know, take 500 for you. Okay, so long as we're doing something for, uh, you know, kind of ostensibly for Valentine's, I just want to read you a little bit of a poem I did everything for you because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. Wow. Wow. Come a card. Is that what you did? No. You got no, it it's Kobe Bryant. It's Kobe Bryant's poem to basketball. Oh, oh wow. that's kind of sad. So it, it's done. So now when you want you... It's done. It's done. So now what happens is, I mean, I wrote, you can write your Valentine's name on the front of it. If you want, you can make one for all of your co-workers in your class. And then what happens is to mark your book, you just put it on the corner there and it saves your page. I really? thought we were supposed to decorate it. You can decorate it too. I mean, I wrote my own oh name my on God. it. 
But, um, and that becomes a little, just a little bookmark to save your page. Um, I made it out to my daughter and I'm going to put it on a page now and see what happens. Oh, look, it's a bookmark. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, I think I did it wrong. Because <laughs> I cut off Oh, that's the really sides. cute, too, Paula. I, 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 um, and cute. also, I put this no, large she completely messed it up. slice through about? my artery. Was that but, correct? I, I think that uh, looks cute. But it's a variation um, on what you said, Tony. Yeah, I got a little carried away. Okay, so long as... We're doing this special Valentine's Day episode. I want to tell you something very important. Writing about your affection lowers your cholesterol. I'm not just making this shit up. In two randomized controlled trials published in Human Communication Research, healthy college students who spent 20 minutes writing about their affection for loved ones, friends, relatives, and or romantic partners— experienced significant drops in total cholesterol. The mean of cholesterol levels reduced from 170 uh, milligrams per DL, but I don't know what DL is in this case. Wendell says decaliter, um, which is uh, also the name of his youngest son, um, to (laughs) 159 milligrams slash decaliters. While students in the control group who wrote about random topics did not experience this cholesterol lowering. How about that? Wow. Thank you for that fact, Paula. My cholesterol is a little high. That's good. Bonnie, is yours done? Uh, Mine's almost done. Oh, this is perfect. If if my daughter were to want to mark her place uh, with a little Valentine bookmark from me on my book, Confessions of a Puppet Master with Charles Band, <laughs> it oh might look God. something like this. <laughs> wow. wow. Any opportunity. Well, yeah. And look at this. On the January 6th report, it would look very much like this. <laughs> Oh, uh, which funny. I've had to temporarily stop reading because I can't read. Um, oh. But I'm going to get right back into it. Okay, wait. I'm almost done. I wonder if it was the same outfit for 40 years, Queen Victoria. It may be that she just got really lazy after yeah. Prince Andrew she, she let herself died. go a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, okay. Bonnie Burns, so, have we seen yeah. yours yet? Uh, no, I got lost a little on the way. Can we see so yours, Bonnie? I had to. I had to vamp a little. This is mine. Okay. What the hell? <laughs> How does that work? Is it? I mean, I, it looks like a face with a mustache yeah. and a smile, There's and a, it says yeah. "Love Ya" on it. Yeah. I don't see how that's going to function as a bookmark. So se. it doesn't have the little pocket feature, but rather it's a piece of paper that you can slide in between some pages that can tell you where you are on your book. More or less anything can be a bookmark. So yeah, Bonnie. well done, yeah. Bonnie. You, that was yeah. fun. Your, your house is intact, yeah. so that's a I'll successful craft corner for you. I think the way your brain works so fastly that you came up with that modification is just a further indication that you should take whatever drugs you want and don't ask yeah. for any medical help with it. That's what I say. Crafting by Bonnie through the wonders of psychopharmacology. Um, with yeah. that, Tony, I got to thank you. This was a real sweet, simple one. Uh, barely a craft at all, some might say, but um, <laughs> oh it was. <laughs> I thought it was. It was fun. <laughs> No, 
No, it was a craft. Bodies are lost. So that's I I couldn't I don't know. I feel like that's that's a win in my book. Yeah, yeah, that it was complicated. <laughs> so that was always your goal yeah. was to lose Bonnie. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. you are now the undefeated yeah. Tony Anita Hall. Yeah. <laughs> it does would, look cute, Bonnie. It no does argument look really there. cute. I really, really like it. Honest, right? To God. It's full of heart. It is. It's really sweet. When we do the Swan, I, I, I think Bonnie may have to just watch. <laughs> yeah, you might be oh, right about that. Oh, that was fun. Once again, everybody, thank you. That's Tony's Craft Tony! Corner. And uh, oh you. my gosh, so many people write in and <laughs> and ask if we could do more of Tony's Craft Corner. And uh, and, uh, and I think a lot of those notes are written by Tony. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. But hey, if you're not Tony and you don't know where to write that note, the place to so do it painful. is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. So I was just picturing Tony like if if something kind of catastrophic happened to her, which certainly I hope it doesn't. God forbid. If for any reason she was immobilized in a hospital bed and we all went to visit her and we surrounded the bed and, and she was unable to speak, um, but we just did crafts just over her bed and she was just trying to say like no no <laughs> I, li- I i love the idea of uh, that happening in that particular very dark uh, <laughs> like we would take the tubes that were <laughs> carrying the oxygen into her nose and tie them oh in like God. bows <laughs> And the part that would upset her would not be the reduced flow of oxygen, but the fact that we were doing crafts around her. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. We would maybe do some face painting on her, that sort of thing. The kind of, the kind I don't trust this doctor. This Tony, is what she would have wanted. <laughs> stuff that Tony just loves. We would take a picture of her, like, on a ventilator, and then put it in a scrapbook and put bric-a-brac around it. So it was the first thing she saw. I picture was, all her other loved ones around her going, like, I don't remember her loving craft <laughs> and we would we would just say no she does she uh, loves craft oh, obsessed, you never really obsessed yeah. that's why she never called yeah you never really you re- you really never knew tony the way that we did oh my god um, yeah she, she went on so many crafting um cruises you remember the glitter cruise she went on to celebrate yeah. the yeah. birthday of the man who invented glitter and and of, and of course uh carnival cruise lines bonvoy craft Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I do love a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the buffet with food, they had a buffet of uh, various crafting um, uh, ingredients. They don't cook the macaroni on that buffet. (laughs) That's right. Macaroni and string and buttons and, uh, you know, glitter. And oh, my gosh. What a joyous. Well, Tony, thank you so much. Whew. You're welcome. Hey, Paula, what's going on in the Poundstone product empire this week? Well, of course, Adam, now I'm selling heart-shaped bookmarks. <laughs> uh, that goes without saying. Supplies are limited. So much is available. There's only one. Yeah, so start the bidding now. Uh, so much is available at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. Well, there's... Paula Poundstone stuff, not like kitchenware and stuff. But for example, you can find my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness. That's uh, at paulapoundstone.com. <laughs> and my comedy albums, Cats, Claps, and Stuff, as well as Paula Poundstone Goes to College, are available wherever you stream. 
Excellent. Well, when you're streaming, think about that, everybody. Um, and also remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Obviously, we're free. You're listening now. And review it. You should review the show because <laughs> oh yeah, it helps people find the show. Drop um, us a review and let us know how you feel about crafts and and, and more than just Tony and under pseudonyms. Let us know. Um, <laughs> Once again, we're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. That's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks what to our guest, David. A, what, if, what if we did a craft one time? I'm doing my thing. Why are you interrupting my thing here? What? What if we did a craft where it has to dry overnight, but we just kept talking the whole time? Would that it's make a show too long? that already. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an I, idea. Just something. Uh, special thanks to our guest, David Johnson. Woo! Yay! Yay! Okay. You are the wind beneath our wings, David. Thanks to house band Justin Bercobian. I'll bet we're going to end up with a lot of guests that ask if they can stay past the interview and do the craft corner. Oh, yeah. You know, like I have a feeling if we had asked David, he would have been all over this. I uh, Zero doubt on that. Yeah. And Jill Schlesinger from the week before and Michael <laughs> yes. McKeon. I think every last one of them, because it's, a, you know, it's just for us, really. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to find a lot of uh, guests that we interview that will only do it if they can be included in craft corner. <laughs> Our show yeah. is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Berkobian. We're edited by Vic Lowry and our Starburns production. Why, that would be Land Romo. When you say edited, what could possibly need edited? That's what <laughs> I can't figure out. <laughs> Every so week much. when I hear you say that word, I cringe a little bit because I think, what would they? Huh. Yeah. He's, you know what? He doesn't edit with scissors, though. It's all with folds. It's he's a he's a origami editor. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yep, origami poodle in less than five seconds. There you go. Hey, transcription services for the show are provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. Uh, That's our show for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Won't somebody please listen to me? Um, Adam. Yeah. I've already been getting orders at my website, paulapoundstone.com, for the origami <laughs> bookmark. You're going to have to. That's interesting. Three of the most recent reviews for my book, uh, Confessions of a Puppet Master, are about the bookmarks. Yeah. Hey, you guys! You're not part of this. No. What if we? You're, what if we auction off our Valentine, and then we could give the money to charity? We'll what if we out. keep our mouths think... closed during Adam and Paula's <laughs> coda? How about that? How about that? How about we sit back and get... <laughs> we put them up like online, and then Stop people talking. can bid, and then I we'll take the money and give are... it to a charity. So why aren't you using the instructions of the psychopharmacologist again? <laughs> Tell me again why. <laughs> okay. Tell me I why. think it's Listen. a nice idea. You're not I here either. <laughs> <laughs> the 
lack of discipline on this crew is just heartbreaking. I thought we, I thought we had broken away from the coda. No, no. we do the coda. <laughs> what is it? the coda? The, Adam, the coda's just you and me, right? Yeah, it's just you and me, and we need better security. <laughs> we need a we need a velvet rope or something, or a, yeah. a taser. Would they keep just stepping over the yellow line? I yeah, I think we're gonna need like a moat or something it's to keep them out of our area. <laughs> it's um, not even that great of a section. Why do they want to be here? I don't. I don't know. It feels very know. exclusive. It's, you know what? It's not. <laughs> God damn it, we have one little piece of the show. One little piece. It's just you and me time, Paula. And yeah, they, tiny, they can't yeah. stand it. They can't stand yeah. it. No, they're banging at the door like my cats in the morning, trying to get me to get up. And feed them. Yeah. Yeah. Let me into yeah. your coda. Your coda. <laughs> that would that sounds more like an exotic bird, really, but thank you. Okay, yeah, well, you know. Meow. <laughs> what are you? Come Name on. is Vegas no, Davis. Right. Stop it. Oh, no, gosh. forget that part. We're done. Now we're just family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now we're done. Starbands Avenue, a podcast network.